0: join me in a spirit of prayer or meditation spirit of love abundant in our lives sometimes we need to be reminded of love's presence we know the Saint Valentine of history was not a romantic man And yet we come together this week to celebrate love's presence in our lives. For some of us that is celebrating our beloved, others loving ourselves or loving this snow globe of a world. Love is what makes us human, I think, and therefore must be holy. Spirit, remind us in these days that love is the center of who we are. This is not obvious, not today. There are emergency declarations passed not in love, but in fear and anger. It is cold outside in so many ways. Yet as I pause in writing this and look out my window There are two cardinals playing in the snow. A shock of red and brown on white. Love is who we are. In a country that proclaims fear and emergency, we will proclaim love. In a country that builds walls on borders and between people, we will tear walls down. Spirit of love, you are with us in this day and in all days. There's an old story, and it goes like this. A long time ago, in a land far, far away, everyone spoke the same language. They always understood each other, and they got along Great. They never really fought because there wasn't anything to fight about. They were all the same, more or less. One day, they all got together, maybe in a room like this, and looked at each other and said, you know what? We're pretty great. We are so great, in fact, that we're going to take bricks and tar and build a tower to show just how great we are. I've never quite understood this logic, but that's how the story goes. (laughs) We want to stay together in our sameness, they said, and this tower will anchor us to this place and each other. With this many of us working on the same thing, they said it will rival the greatness of God. And so they did. They built a tower, raising it up level by level, bricks and tar, There were no disagreements with subcontractors because everyone communicated perfectly. On the other hand, it was a pretty plain tower. Brick and tar are not the prettiest of building materials. And there were no artists trying to put into words what they couldn't quite put into language. It was simply a tower built to show off greatness. And then one day, the story goes, God came down and looked at the tower. And the story goes, God didn't like the tower. The story doesn't say why, but we can guess. Maybe God didn't like that the tower was supposed to rival her. Maybe God thought that sameness is kind of boring, really. And maybe, I think... God just isn't a fan of massive construction projects to ego. <laughs> <laughs> so God took the tower and knocked it down. Uh, and in this, my daughter Elish is much like God. And God spread the people over all the earth and made them speak different languages. It's because of this, the story goes, that the tower was named Babel. Babel in Hebrew means more or less what it does in English, noise that is not language. So what are we to make of this story? The first way to look at it is that we are divided now by our differences. That never since Babel has all of humanity been able to understand each other and work towards a common goal. That's the story that I learned in Sunday school a few years ago. But maybe it means that God doesn't like sameness. Maybe building a tower out of brick and tar is not the best way to know what is holy. And here's what my friend Evan says about this story. Maybe God created difference in this story so that we can get to know God through each other. If, as most of us Unitarian Universalists say, God is many different things, then what better way to get to know God, to get to know what is holy, than in finding ways to communicate and know each other despite our differences, because of our differences. There's another story, a, a more recent one. It's based on a real story, but the story was made into a musical on Broadway called Come From Away. Does anybody know this? Has anybody heard the music to it? It's coming to Omaha (laughs) in a month. So almost 18 years ago, September 11th happened. Evil people knocked down two towers in New York, but that's not actually the part of the story that matters today. One of the things that happened right after the towers were knocked down was that all the planes in the air coming into the United States were told that they could not enter United States airspace. Hundreds if not thousands of planes were diverted and 38 of them landed in Gander, Newfoundland. And if you can imagine Gander, Newfoundland, first look outside at Lincoln, Nebraska (laughs) and then imagine it's colder and it's snowier and there are a lot A lot less people. Gander at the time had a population of a couple thousand people and in one day 38 planes holding 7 to 8,000 people all landed in this little town. 38 planes from all over the world. Which means two things first how do you feed 8,000 people who suddenly show up in your little town. But also how do you make them feel welcome how do you communicate with them that in this day of fear. That they were someplace safe. There's a story in the musical. A school bus driver had been asked to help drive folks from planes to shelters that Gander had set up. The school bus drivers had actually been on strike but they came off of strike to help (laughs) on this particular day. And as he's been working all day and all night finally it's 3 a.m. and he's driving a group of folks to the shelter that they've set up. And this particular plane was coming from Africa. And nobody on the plane spoke English. Nobody on the bus spoke English. They're scared. They don't know what's going on. And as the bus pulls up, the following exchange occurs between the bus driver and one of his passengers. They don't understand each other. In the musical, they're, they're both speaking, but not looking at each other. First, the passenger. We pass through a large gate and the bus pulls to a stop And through the windows, out in the darkness, we see all of these people coming out of the building. The bus driver. Now, we rarely use them, but everyone's dusted off their Salvation Army uniforms to welcome these people. (laughs) There are soldiers everywhere. The man at the front opens the door. I say, here you go. Out you go, but he doesn't understand, and he's not getting off. None of the passengers are getting off. But then the bus driver says, I notice his wife, and well, she's clutching a Bible, and obviously I can't read it, but their Bible, it'll have the same numbers as ours does, and so I asked to see it. And I'm searching for something, and then in Philippians 4.6, I give them their Bible, and I'm pointing, saying, look, look, Philippians 4, six. be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. And then the musical says they were speaking the same language. We're talking about trust this morning. That clock has stopped. That's why it's so <laughs> early. <laughs> Um, okay. So we're talking about trust <laughs> this month, and I need to trust that clock instead of <laughs> this one. It's really hard to trust when we don't understand each other. The One of the hardest things to do is figure out how to communicate when we don't have words. I keep Mentioning this this morning, but I'm the parent of a 13-month-old. I know the challenges of communicating when you don't have (laughs) words to (laughs) communicate. And yet... And yet my 13-month-old is going to give the rest of the sermon. And yet there's, there's something amazing about being able to speak with each other. To understand each other even across our differences, especially across our differences. There is grace in that. There is God in that, I would say. So we're gonna sing one more hymn, and then Skylar's gonna talk a little bit about the next step of this, which is how we talk about our differences, and how we interact, and how we trust, even given our differences.